Stardate. I forgot to write it down. Zero, four, <laughs> two, one, two, one, oh, one. We're just going to go with the date and the time. Welcome go. to Star Trek Discovery Pod, <laughs> a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your captain for the evening, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen, we have. Hi, I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. Thank you. We are so excited to have Ashlyn and Rihanna here joining us from the Dura Sisters podcast. Um, we have been having so much fun having some guest podcasts from our Star Trek community joining us to review Picard for these last few weeks. Um, so we're so happy to join, uh, have you all join us tonight. Can you, um, for those who aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about yourselves and the podcast that you host. Sure. Yeah. Well, just like the Dura sisters, Rianne and I are real life sisters. I'm the oldest. No one can tell. Um, <laughs> but we grew up watching Star Trek. Our parents had episodes of the original series on. And so we would just kind of randomly walk in and see them. And then as we got older, the 2009 movie really did something for us. We started becoming obsessive Star Trek fans. That's when we both first bought our first Spock action figures was for that movie. <laughs> and, you know, it's all it's all over from that point. Um, <laughs> and so we decided to create a Star Trek podcast during the pandemic, which a lot of Star Trek podcasts started because what else are you doing during but lockdown? watching Star Trek Nothing. and talking yeah, about exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Rihanna yeah. and I took a great road trip to Oregon before the pandemic started. And that's how we started talking about the podcast. And then once we suddenly had a bunch of free time, we decided to commit to it. Um, so Rihanna, do you want to talk about like what we do on the pod? Yeah, absolutely. So Ashley and I decided instead of doing maybe like a full watch through or um particular series we wanted to like actually just cover star trek in themes and so we have series that cover entire themes like we have time travel family love and affection like there's so many we've been doing and we're currently on our feminism series which has been just amazing getting to talk about these wonderful women of trek and actually our picard recording is coming up in a couple weeks so very exciting but yeah it's just been a wild ride like it's so fun getting to choose the new themes ashlyn actually just chose our theme for the next one if you want to give give them a little insight into what we're doing after feminism oh yeah we're doing death fake outs <laughs> so we're starting with all the death fake outs in original series going to tng ds9 etc by release order so a lower decks parody favorite absolutely <laughs> literally yeah that's yeah. gonna be the best episode already i know <laughs> <laughs> already yeah so yeah it's just a great way to like think of trek in a new light and to just explore the whole trek universe and i love that it's still expanding so we get to then cover strange new world soon and um new seasons of picard and all of that so it's been a blast yes That's awesome yeah i'm um so excited for y'all to join um y'all's podcast talks about such super interesting topics and it's like it's so fun to sort of, I feel like the episodic breakdown or like, um, you know, like the show thematics tend to get covered a lot. So it's nice to see a discussion that's like looking across the whole um, franchise, you know, and sort of taking into account what everyone's kind of working with um, and talking about. So I'm, I'm so happy y'all are here and we get to talk about this episode of Picard together. Um, just a few housekeeping things. If you're joining us tonight on the live chat, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what you thought about this particular episode. If you have a, a spicy take, some quick thoughts, you can uh, type in capital HF into the chat, a capital HF for a hot freak. And we'll get into <laughs> that here in a minute. And 
And uh, if you have a question specifically for us and you want to kind of get our attention in the chat, you can type in capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we'll keep an eye out for those and we'll we'll keep uh, the discussion flowing. But feel free to chat and interact with each other. If you are listening to us in a, a different forum, a different podcast stream, thank you so much. We appreciate you, our subscribers. And you can find all the links to find us on any social media, uh, on live streams, for any podcast things you can find that all at startrekpod.co uh, also visit us at patreon.com startrekpod where you can join our slack for just two dollars per episode where you can hang out with us during the week we got a ton of watch alongs happening it's a super fun group uh, and all kinds of things and discussions going on in the pod especially as the new marketing materials have been coming out for strange new worlds that we're all very excited about <laughs> absolutely <laughs> it's going to be great um i was thinking about when you said this 2009 star trek movie was like kind of that reinvigorating um that was a similar level for me like i grew up watching Voyager. And then um, in college, I watched the 2009 Star Trek movie with me and all my friends. We went and saw it in theaters and I cried and I like, yes. <laughs> loved it so much. And um, I think Zachary Quinto was an awakening for a lot of people to get into Spock totally. and into Star Trek. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I believe uh, we've talked about it, I think, on the pod once before, but I worked at the newspaper in college. You know, those things that we used to read that were in paper. Oh, yeah. One, a long time ago, flashback. <laughs> and, um, and I reviewed 2009 Star Trek and the title was Set Your Phasers to Stunning. And I have never <laughs> forgotten that headline. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. <laughs> How cheesy I was then and still am now. Um, speaking of which, let's eat some lithium and assimilate ourselves into this episode. Uh, this is the eighth episode of season two of Star Trek Picard entitled Mercy. This is directed by Joe Mendez and written by Cindy Appel and Kristen Bayer. Um, Kristen, who I've been actually reading, did a bunch of the comic books as well for Discovery. So, um, Cool. If you oh, want yeah. to check those out, especially in our patrons, you'll be getting the last bonus episode of the first three Star Trek uh, comic novels, graphic novels. Uh, that'll be coming this weekend. Very exciting with our friends over at A Strange New Pod. Yes. But let's go ahead <laughs> and dive into four different kinds of cake with, uh, you know what those are, some hot freaks. Hot freaks! Gotta have the deep V hot freak. <laughs> the hottest. <laughs> the hottest of the hot freaks. So we are a Star Trek podcast. We can't just do hot takes. We got to do some hot freaks in honor of our freak man here in the Star Trek universe. Um, Ashlyn or Rihanna, do you have a, a hot freak you want to get started with? Yes, I do. Um, Ooh, we got it written down notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very prepared. Um, <laughs> Okay, it's it's cool if we just jump like to the middle of the episode for the hot. You freak. can you can talk about whatever you like for your hot freak. It's a okay. hot freak. <laughs> cool. Well, I thought for the most part this episode was like very beautifully crafted. I've been a fan of the script the entire time. The only thing I thought was really weird and inconsistent is that when Picard has the moment with the FBI agent and suddenly the lights are flickering and Guinan is like coming in and out of reality and she's saying the whole thing about the humans are stuck in the past. Picard is like, oh, light bulb. And he asks him, he asks the FBI agent, oh, you must have, like, you must be stuck in the path. And 
the FBI agent, he just like spills his guts about the situation. <laughs> and I feel like it was just such a kind of a cheap, I, I don't know, like I, I was waiting for something else to happen or Picard to have like a speech to get it out of him. But so I don't know if it was just like, he was like, oh, there's spooky stuff going on. But I just felt like that could have been a little bit smoother. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, Ashlyn, that's a really good point. I think my hot for eggs is is not really that hot. It's a little like lukewarm. (laughs) But um, I'd say that I think maybe whoever wrote this episode and helped direct it was a big fan of the X-Files because I was getting some huge X-Files vibes like throughout this entire episode and Trek doesn't usually go that route you know and I just was really fascinated to see the sort of like homages they were doing and I don't know if that's what they were intending but I'm a huge X-Files fan so that's what I saw. (laughs) Yeah it definitely gave me some X-Files vibes which I love the X-Files and and to to be fair, there are a ton of interrogation scenes throughout yeah. Trek history. Like that is totally. definitely a trope that we see a lot. But this yeah. didn't feel very interrogation-y, I think would be like part no. of my hot break here. Um, yeah, it felt this episode, I felt like I was finally getting, I said this last week too, is like we get like three steps forward, five steps back, like each of these middle episodes. And I'm starting to get a little worried because next week is the penultimate episode of the season. I have a feeling we're going to end on a cliffhanger to go right into season three because I know they've already wrapped production on that. And Mm -hmm. so I am wondering if we have to get the whole old gang back together to solve this giant timey-wimey Jeremy (laughs) Baramy problem that we have here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I there's like moments that are so like wonderful and interesting. And then there's things that just like really take me out of it and um yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. But I, I'm feeling a little uneven about this episode as a whole. There are like great performances. I still love Ito's uh, Guinan. I think she's doing an yes, incredible yes. job living yeah, up to Whoopi. And, and I enjoy her every time I see her on screen. Um, and then there's like moments where I see like Picard for the Picard that we know. And it's like, oh, you, you are delivering all of the lines and the wisdom and the feelings that I want from you. And then we just like get your weird hand doing a mind meld example that I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. That was awkward as heck. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it was, it was, I also think I'm wondering too, if the, the reason it felt so X-Filesy as well is like the pine forest cold open with the kid running through the forest. That was the pilot. Yeah. Straight out of an X-Files episode. Completely. And I, I'm starting to really um, get upset when I realize we have another flashback because I'm like, we have already traveled back and forth through time enough. I <laughs> like and if yeah. you're gonna do another like 36 minutes earlier and then this episode we're like, let's go back to whatever 1965 to see this kid running through the woods <laughs> who yeah. encounters Vulcans, which then breaks continuity for first contact. And I was like, I think I need a bit more of an explainer here if you're gonna break all yeah. these rules. I don't it's, know. Yeah, it's gotta be Carbon Creek is like my only explanation because but like I don't I don't know what else it could be, you know. 
yeah, it's it's very interesting, especially because I and anyway, we'll get into that. Let's see what the <laughs> let's see what the chat has to say about this particular episode. Um, we have Marge saying Rios, Teresa, and Ricardo. What's your prediction? We can mm-hmm. we'll 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 save that one and get into to some of that discussion here in a minute. Um, let's see some hot freaks. We've got Queen Girardi devouring car batteries. That was an interesting choice. Wild, yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad we didn't have to watch her physically chewing anything. You know, it was like oh, the motion, God. and then it was like, oh, I've been disturbed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how is she eating specific alloys and metals from from these things? But yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, Stress-free K says, hot freak, wouldn't it be wonderful if Teresa went along with the crew of the 24th century? That's that's a possibility. Although I feel like if I was her, I would be like, I don't really want to give up this entire clinic I've built from the ground up to just follow. But I mean, granted, a very beautiful space hunk into space. (laughs) But yeah. um, Let's see. Marge Pod Truth was the theme of this episode. That is. Mm, Yeah. uh, Yeah. I like that. Good call out. Absolutely. I enjoyed that. Let's see. Car. Someone else agreed with you. Carbon mm-hmm. Creek, circa 1970. <laughs> um, Choopy. I'm still really in the dark about Q's motivation, but I love how Guinan really pulled the rug out from under Wells. I live Ito's Guinan. I need more of her. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And let's see. The exchange between Q and Guinan was great. I'm still trying to get a sense of the tense relationship and exchanges between Rafi and Seven. That is a qualm I have, a bone I have to pick. But it's interesting to see how she guilted Elnor. That was also Mm -hmm. interesting. Again, another flashback. Yet another. Yeah. Hot Frank, I feel like last week from Carolyn 3, I feel like last week's episode and this week's could have been smashed together as one and then have the final three episodes. Yeah, we've had a couple yeah. of like shorter middle episodes here. And I think some th- we always sort of end not at any place that really gives me a satisfying ending. So I'm like, if you're going to pick somewhere to just stop, we probably could have yeah. expanded out a little bit here. Totally um, agree. But yeah, let's get into some of these bigger discussion points and we can return to, to some of these thoughts from the from the chat. Um, my biggest qualm with this episode is if you're going to grab the same actor to play a, 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 an investigator who is not my time investigator from Voyager and you already have seven of nine in the same franchise, like... I don't need a small kid who encountered a Vulcan and now he wants to know about aliens and that's how the destinies are intertwined. Just literally make him the agent and this is him being recruited into that agency in some way. I don't, I I like it it could have been, he, I was like there, I felt like there was so much potential that was just like dropped. And I know we have so many plot points, but as someone who like, also just a big Voyager fan, it would have been so satisfying for him to be like, Picard, we know, and I'm here to help you. Like, wouldn't that have been nice? (laughs) Yes. I think then it would have like made more sense of the sort of awkward interrogation. I was just chuckling because like, he's trying to be this like scary, like, tell me, tell me what's going on. I'm like, Picard has been interrogated by Cardassians. Like he's not intimidated by you in the slightest. There are four lights. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like we can't discount like still the timing of him appearing right when Guinan was doing like trying to summon the Q. I know obviously mm -hmm. like Q didn't come then, but I don't I don't think we've seen the last of this character. Mm -hmm. And this episode just overall felt like they were just sprinkling on like more and more hints to kind of like write us right into the finale. And so it's supposed to be frustrating and supposed to be like, ah, I just want to know what happens because we're just picking up little clues along the way. I was really trying to think of like every time travel episode. I do think that um, he mentioned Sarah Silverman in this scene, though, like the first scene where he's interrogating Picard because he says, um, I have a lady friend in the city who shoots an email to me whenever something odd pops up on CCTV. And so I don't know what Sarah Silverman is doing, but I feel like she's emailing him about <laughs> Picard <laughs> beaming down. So that's my hope is that we have that Voyager connection. I don't know. They've dropped tiny hints like that, like tiny references before. So that was what I was thinking. Yeah. Of, of everything that sort of took place at the FBI office, I thought the scene that was the most successful was the scene between Q and Guinan. Yes, um, yes. Because she is the only one that could truly get him to actually give any information whatsoever. And so I was finally like, thank goodness for you, Guinan, because I need some crumbs. I need some yes. crumbs of plot <laughs> that yeah. are going to start put connecting the dots, right? Um, and so we kind of get this notion of it's not the journey back that matters. It's the journey forward, right? Which mm -hmm. I think it feels very cue puzzle-like, something yeah. for us to ponder mm -hmm. upon. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it has something to do with how they go forward now that Girardi has essentially assimilated some black ops uh, ex-Marines yeah. yeah. oh, that Dr. <laughs> has access to. Um, the entirety of the Soong, like, extraness to this plot if it doesn't somehow tie in beautifully for me at the end I'm going to be very <laughs> angry about it because yeah it just feels like it's detracting from because uh, like I my biggest question is still why is Q back messing with Picard if he's ending if he's coming to this end of his life is all of this in his attempt to either not end his life, although he seems to be kind of excited about the idea of dying. Mm -hmm. And then if it's not for that purpose, and it is just purely he enjoys messing with Picard, then why isn't this all just about Picard and not like right. everything else, essentially, like the entire yeah. universe? I thought the most telling aspect like again i totally agree this scene was unbelievable especially the lighting on q's face as he's giving yes. his whole speech it seems to me like he's just searching for meaning and now that he's dying he's like seriously i'm he talks about like stars even glow brighter when they're on the verge of death and i'm just fading away you know i'm just not existing anymore and so i wonder if his biggest regrets are something to do with picard and so maybe his regret is like the trial never actually finished. And this is like the ultimate trial or I ship Picard and Q like uh, really a lot. Yes. And so my like fairy tale ending is that Q is like, this is his like terrible way of romancing Picard. Um, <laughs> Which tracks, like, I feel like he would do something crazy like this. <laughs> yes. But yeah. I just, I think he's just desperate to have some, to have his life add up to something. And so he's, he's losing it. Yeah, Ashlyn, that's a really good point. I think too, like the amount of like, because he's obviously very risky, but I think Q in a way is also very calculated with the stuff he does. And this 
kind of stuff that he's doing in this season doesn't feel as calculated. It feels like the desperate acts of a dying man. And so that's what really like solidified everything for me. I was like, okay, it really makes sense that this is the lens that we're seeing Q in now because everything feels way less out of his control. Obviously he has no powers anymore. Um, I think it's really showing Q in an interesting side and also sort of getting a reversal of Death Wish and Voyager, which I thought was really interesting that like now he's the one who has to face, you know, sort of this trial of dying. And I, I, yeah, I'm just so curious about him because he does feel kind of unhinged and like, he's really just desperately grasping for anything to either like go out with a bang or try to like have his whole life have meaning and that's very human like he literally guidance says like you're finally experiencing what it is to be sort of you know mortal mortal. yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's also i mean interestingly enough with like the themes of the show coming back to like dr soong we do get this like god complex right with dr soong and how he has named all of his children after like Zeus's daughters right and Mm -hmm. and there's an interesting thing there where it's like he almost doesn't like have a full respect for life right like he's like I you anyone can procreate I'm creating life you know from like nothing Mm -hmm. um which you know a little megalomaniac uh sprinkled in there uh all right (laughs) um and then essentially like Cora is just like slash Soji is just like, well, I don't care. I'm taking my life into my own hands. Right. So she gets mm-hmm. this vial from the hacker Q program that's in this VR world that <laughs> is now sending her a physical vial. We won't get into all of the, yeah, that's crazy many, tech, <laughs> many crazy tech things that I was Two like years for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. All right. Even if you are in a secret government lab, and if you've had all these contracts, like I just had to file my taxes, y'all. And if our government can't get it together <laughs> to file taxes, I don't believe any of this tech is in existence. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no <laughs> way. My yeah. husband's in the Air Force and his computer is like 10 years old. So there's, there's no way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely no. not. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling a nope. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but anyway, to, to remain on theme, I do think it's interesting that she's essentially just like trying to take control of her own life into her own hands at this point um and i still find all of the child videos so deeply unsettling and creepy and like even the pictures they look like you know like when a youtuber sets up like a birthday party for their kid yeah and it's like kind of really weird and and all presentation all presentation It, all those photos and weird videos are just so strange. <laughs> Very off-putting. Yeah, I, I really do like the overarching theme they're doing of sort of this feeling of being stuck. And I really liked that this episode sort of hammered that home. Obviously, we talked about it with the uh, with the agent and everything. But I think also we're seeing it within Seven and Rafi. We're seeing they're stuck in their relationship. We're seeing that, like, obviously they're stuck in the past. So there's that, like, physicality. But also, like... Corey is stuck, you know, physically at home, but also like, in, you know, trapped by her father, <laughs> by soon, who is just, you know, longing for his, these creations. And I think it's just so fascinating, because like, Picard is stuck too in his mind in the last episode. And so we're really getting this overarching theme of like, how do we move on and move forward. And I feel like this is something I love so much about time travel, uh, whether it's like seasons or episodes or arcs uh, in Star Trek is that like, 
it we tend to go back to the time that they're filming you know like of course voyager went back to the 90s and um original series went back to the like 60s and 70s and sometimes 50s and so it really of course reflects the time that they're filming in and that current trek is in and so it's really interesting to see like how i feel stuck during this pandemic you know and i think there's a lot of us feeling like there's we're just in molasses right now because we can't go back to our like quote unquote normal whatever that is or whatever that used to be and so it's it's really resonating with me like i feel like i'm really happy that they're sort of using this theme to help me also unstick myself and be like okay i can do this on my own and like if picard can get himself unstuck and if q can figure out his stuff you know then like maybe we can too and that's just really cool i think something that this season is really successfully showing us well and like steve rigatone said in the comments they were stuck in that parking lot for the whole episode you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're so right yeah, yeah like they really were everyone's stuck yeah yeah i um yeah that's a, what do y'all think about i i've been really kind of um pushing against the like almost wholly negative interactions that rafi and seven have with each other because i'm yeah. like there is that like bickering that you have with like a partner or a boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever and like but there's usually some sort of like wink nudge cheekiness to it and this is feeling very like pointed and I think because we didn't get to see any happy relationship I'm a little like perturbed at the idea of like okay so first of all we're gonna you're gonna imply that they were in a relationship but are they still in a relationship? What is the status right. of the relationship? I've seen no yeah. love in this relationship at this point mm -hmm. beyond some like small handholding at the very end of the last season. Yeah. And so I like sort of like with um, with Paul and with um, uh, or with Stamets and um, I was like, Ooh. Wilson Cruz is yeah. not his yeah. real name. <laughs> Colbert. Yeah. Colbert. Yeah. And Colbert, we get to see those moments of like love and care mm -hmm. and support and I was like and here we're just seeing arguments and picking at each other and yeah. like only seeing the bad in each other at this moment but like having to support each other through this like terrible time and I was like I need I need a little compassion yes yeah because <laughs> we get that tenderness with um Rios and Dr. Teresa and so right. I was just like this is a new budding relationship and it's really interesting and cute and there's those cute moments and there's things that I also find a little outlandish about their interactions but like <laughs> at least their tenderness feels there and so mm -hmm. I was like I wish there was some tenderness with with those two yeah, thank you so much for bringing this up because as a queer woman myself, I just find this infinitely frustrating. And as a lesbian in particular, like it's just so infuriating that like every time we get close to like a women loving women's story, it's still just like not what we need and not like what the true representation is like valuable for. And so like a part of me is so used to being queer baited by Trek that like, I'm not that surprised, but that's also depressing that I'm not <laughs> surprised, you know, like I'd rather have them fighting and also kissing. And also like, you know, I mean, I do love the fact that they're so like badass that they can go one minute, like having a therapy session and the next, like just kicking butt and just, you know, going wild. And that's just very much their style. But I know that they're both very stubborn people who don't like to talk about their feelings, but we have to see something in their relationship for it to feel viable and to feel real. And like, there are women who can be stubborn and still emote and show their partner how they feel. Like it's not that's an excuse for them not to show them kissing or whatever. And so 
I just like get very frustrated because either lesbians are like or queer women are fetishized or they just get no time or no like care for their partnerships and that's just frustrating yeah I was like even it could have been so small in this episode it's like when when um Girardi finally lets um Rafi go and they're like scrambling on the ground like yeah. give me just a little embrace of like I'd be you're like, okay yeah. like, <laughs> I'd be like holding my girlfriend like are you kidding me yeah there's no way I would just be like cool you good <laughs> yeah <laughs> I feel like in every other media you know like it that it would be what would happen is like oh I'm sorry we were fighting you almost got choked out and died in this parking yeah. lot you know I I I was wishing for that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of other love connections, what are y'all's thoughts about Rios and Dr. Teresa's interactions this episode? <laughs> I don't know what she was doing with the like pretend we're married and we like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> are you okay? I do not know what's going on. And I'm worried sort of that she's going to fall into the trope of the woman who finds out about the time travel ends up coming with them to the future. Cause that's like, so many that's just the trope for star trek yeah um i think it would be a better life for them but like you were saying in the beginning of the episode mariah like i don't i think she would want to abandon her clinic like that and i also feel like this is breaking the timeline like showing this kid this advanced ship i i just don't know what's going on i i'm happy for him because he might stay and i we've been talking to giraffe from strange new pod mm. and she thinks he's gonna stay mm. um i I don't, I don't know. I think they're cute. I love them, but I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I worry because we now know that it's like, not just for a like cameo that we're getting essentially the original bridge crew back next season. And, and we've already sort of seen the slow shift to get rid of uh, Soji in some ways and to get rid of Elnor in some ways. And so I'm like, is this them essentially eliminating another character potentially? No, I would be so furious. (laughs) Honestly, like this is the thing is like, we have him being captain of the stargazer and having this like incredible introduction for like two minutes <laughs> in the first episode yeah. and so like I feel like all of those stories were robbed of having a bigger richer time and I think partially it's because of the episode count in the season like they can't put in everything and they have to work so much on the being back in time segment but it's still just as like frustrating because like I I know that Rios likes this woman, but enough to like give up your captaincy? I don't know. I don't know. I will say this uh, from from Steve Rigatone. Lol, that was a tongue twister to get a, ch- a kiss from a Chilean. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I like at first I thought she was like essentially telling the story of perhaps a past partner, but saying yes. like this is you. Like, and I thought she was going to get to the point of like the betrayal of the past partner and why. Yeah. She's like so hesitant to get close to him. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, oh, no, you're really just like going the longest way around to be like, I'm into you. (laughs) She's really a story writer, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was so much dialogue to both not tell me anything about her and also still not get anything about Rios's feelings actually out and into the open. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I think that's one of my biggest frustrations about this season of Picard is that we're getting all of these teasers to stuff, but not getting any follow through. And I know that that probably will come with the finale and that so many things are going to be wrapped up nicely or there'll be a cliffhanger. But like, I just feel like (laughs) instead of having a million loose ends, I'd like to have some things tied up 
in some of the episodes. You know, it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. everything, but I just feel like I can't keep track of all of the different things going on. It's like too much almost. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I will say on the positive side of things, the chemistry between Rios and Dr. Teresa is palpable. I was so like, good. Love them. They, yes. Like the way that they look at each other, I was like, oh, I feel this 110%. Like, I don't yes. need long monologue from you about like let's pretend we're married like you could literally just gaze into each other's eyes and then kiss and I 100% yeah. like <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah uh, so I, I I enjoy their chemistry together they're very like they're definitely vibing I feel like the actors are doing a good job of portraying that like new relationship potential energy and how exciting that can be and like she's probably a woman who hasn't been like intellectually challenged by maybe a lot of swiping <laughs> male suitors in a while yes <laughs> yes oh, for cool. sure or anything mm -hmm. like what my friends tell me. So um, I'm yeah. sure she's just like, oh, you you own a starship. And <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Well, I think it's yeah. really nice to see Rio so happy too, because we've just seen him really go through Oof. like a, a really hard time in the first season. And to see him like smoking the cigar with like the actual match and it brings him so much joy makes me happy to see mm -hmm. too. And so that's why I feel so conflicted about this because I'm so on board with their relationship, but I'm very conflicted as to what should happen. Like what is ethically right on either end mm -hmm. if they yeah. stay or go. Yeah. 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 So true. Um, a big question I've had this whole episode and since they've parted ways is where is Talon slash Laris? Because right. with like, go, I would have assumed she would have gone along to try to call Q to get to the bottom of yeah. all of this, especially mm -hmm. now that Renee is essentially in lockdown and like she can't really do anything to like watch and protect her in that way. I would assume um, so I'm just like, what is she, what is she up to right now? Like what's yeah. going on? Is, is she not like maybe trying to break them out of this FBI watch along thing or in there with them? Yeah. Like, kind of, you know, then you get these three kind of very interesting, more than human um, characters together, right? Like then you have the Watcher and Guinan mm -hmm. and Q all in the same space. I'm like, that yeah. is a conversation I would love to see. <laughs> totally agree. I think that, I feel like some of these characters are being inserted for when they're like important to the plot and then just sort of like, like Teresa almost. I mean, she literally is like only important when they need her for love interest stuff or medical stuff, you know, which isn't a terrible thing, but it's also like, I'd like to see, yeah, I'd like to see Talis grow more as a, as like a, a, a character beyond just her being useful to the crew. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think they were teasing like a love line, you know, with Laris and Picard. And so to yeah. have her not in this episode is is just weird. Yeah, yeah. I par partially I, I kind of think that it's all like would be best viewed as a really long movie, you know, so without these gaps in between, without the waiting, um, because I think the answers are coming later. I I hope. I hope they're coming later. Please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I also hope they're coming later. Um, I have been really enjoying um, Girardi. I will say, I feel like her, the performance, um, bet like when you see her essentially switch in that moment where she's strangling Rafi and is like, no, you're not going to strangle my friend. Like I, the, the small nuances to the change in her facial expressions are incredible um, phenomenal yeah phenomenal yes. 
Um, so I've been really enjoying her. I also just really enjoy all the long, slow shots of her walking around in this incredible yes. red dress. <laughs> With yes. the combat boots. That was the most yes. epic part. Like, I love, I'm just thinking about the board queen just being like, oh my God, heels are so impractical. Like, let me steal some boots. Let's really get some stuff done. You know, I was like, this is epic. I feel like that is weirdly like such a perfect little thing that really makes it like oh yeah she's she's here like she doesn't care what she's wearing as long as they're practical and mm -hmm. as long as she's eating car <laughs> car parts you know it's I crazy. love when she walks into Soon's like dungeon like basement and he's like is this a dream and he's like or a nightmare and I'm like, <laughs> oh, exactly that one <laughs> yes yeah oh my gosh I also am just really pleased like in a sad way obviously but I'm really glad that they're also still addressing seven of nine's trauma with the Borg because I feel like this is something that Picard has been doing really well has been giving our characters like more time to grieve and to like struggle and deal with their trauma and of course Picard is dealing with all of this stuff from his past and so I think that this is another way in which our characters are stuck a lot of them are stuck in the past like of course uh, Q is saying and I think that this is just another way in which like seven is growing and I really love to see it because I some of my favorite episodes are the like the raven and like ones where she is struggling with her humanity and coming out stronger and like to see her still get sort of triggered by just the smell of it you know is so real and so authentic and raw and I felt like that is just it's they're just doing a beautiful job of of that and same with Rafi like I think they're doing wonderfully you know as like individuals as long as they can start getting them together as a pair but it's still really cool. Yeah, it's it's also just like interesting to me because it's like essentially they're both asking for e each other to see and to see them and to have empathy for each other, right? And mm -hmm. I'm like, you're you're both literally asking for the same things yeah. from each other, but it's like you then see Seven have like this moment with like Girardi earlier on in this season being like, we need to move past Elnor for right now and focus on this mission. Right. And then you have Rafi being like seven. I know Borg stuff triggers you, but we have to find this Borg queen. So I need you to check into that part of yourself. And I'm sorry you have to do that. And so they're both just like trading, having to go into these like traumatized zones. Yeah. <laughs> while also like not realizing they're doing that to each other at the same time, mm -hmm. which I think is where I, 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 I'm like we said before, I'm craving that empathy of just like, Hey, like, I know I just asked you to go past the death of this person you now see as your son. But, and, and, and so equally Rafi could be like, Hey, I'm not thinking about Elnor right now, but I need you to do this because I'm not doing this part. Right. Like yeah, there could be that trade of like, trauma to empathy that could be happening <laughs> well I was especially frustrated by that because a couple episodes ago when they were at the gala Rafi was looking at seven and I think Picard or someone came up to her and is like oh she's enjoying herself and Rafi's like Sh you know the Borg implants come with a lot of weight and she's really light and I love seeing her this way which I wasn't even realizing and so me yeah. seeing Rafi like think about her from such a loving perspective I was like oh man that's true like she can be who she always wanted to be in this universe without those implants and so for Rafi to bring this up is just like oh it sucks you know it hurts yeah. for me yeah it's hard yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. did love the from uh from from seven it was like no wonder I'm president like yes <laughs> That was one of the best lines. <laughs> yeah. She said I could read him so easily. Yeah. 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 I, I was just that. like, yes. Do it. Yeah. 
or Jerry Ryan and everything. Oh my gosh, uh, totally. What do you think is the potential long game of the Borg Queen's um, sort of takeover of the ship, right? Like she's essentially, they called it the Borgification was sort of the shorthand <laughs> they, they've been using um, of the ship. And, and it seems like, and now that Q is like, it's not the trip back that matters, it's the trip out. And so I feel like what happens between the Borg Queen and getting out is going to be our big finale moment totally yeah i'm i'm conflicted because i feel like part of part of jurati slash board queen's plan is to separate the crew you know i mean since the transporters are offline and like there's you know awesome craziness going on everyone's in a different area and completely like it's hard for them to reconnect and this is something we've been experiencing the entire season is like they get all together and then they all have to divide and separate again. And so I think this is the Borg Queen's way of making them less powerful because she knows better than anyone that like their strength in numbers. And so she, I think, is just literally trying to deliberately make sure they're all like not together because they're strongest as a team. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with the Borg stuff because we've seen so much of it. Like in, in First Contact, this is literally what it was about. And yeah. I... I feel like the Borg instinct is just to, you know, just to assimilate as many people as possible. And uh, the queen is just at her most weakest, desperate point right now. And so I feel like she just wants to assimilate. Like, it's hard for me. I, I know she has a bigger plan, but it's hard for me to think about like how she could accomplish anything like and does she want to even go back to the future like does she care about that at this point or does she just want to assimilate humanity and then call all the current Borg cubes that are in the delta quadrant there now you know i just <laughs> yeah i don't know I, it's very worrisome <laughs> yeah. yeah i think um seven made a good point of like essentially this Borg queen is trying to get like a few hundred year jump on yeah. like last like iteration of the Borgs that she mm -hmm. knows of right um and I, I've seen some I was like someone just had a good point well let's see will Girardi end up being permanently Borg queen from the first mm -hmm. episode I've seen a lot of uh, mm -hmm. chatter on the internet that that's going to be um a potential sort of we love uh starting with the end in these episodes so yeah, maybe, true. maybe oh, the first, the first oh. scene of the whole thing is going to be the last scene oh, of the whole thing. oh. <laughs> yeah. wow oh, i'm yeah. even more stressed out yeah. <laughs> that could be oh, potential mm -hmm. i could um, see that absolutely poor gerati man she could never get a break not at all no mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> It, it is interesting um, when Seven was talking about how the Borg Queen is looking for connection, right? And and yeah. like y'all were saying earlier about how through the pandemic, we've all been sort of seeking connection. So I think that's been something a lot of the Star Trek series have been sort of playing on um, mm -hmm. this last year and, and sort of how we're all trying to figure out how do we function in a world without hurting each other as well and, and how can we move forward from there. And Absolutely. I, I found it so interesting, the idea that like, oh, yeah, of course, like a singular dude isn't going to provide you with any connection that, you, that you're going to find fulfilling. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and so now she's building her own little collective of essentially super soldiers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like the worst type of people she could have assimil assimilated. I'm very worried. 
I was curious yeah. when she was talking to Soon and trying to convince him to like give her the soldiers. Do you think the future that she saw was true? That humanity, like Earth is like an ecological wasteland and they turn to him to save the planet? Mm -hmm. Like, do you think that's a real thing that she actually saw or is she like totally making it up because she knows he thinks of himself as such a god? I mean, I... I think she might be playing a little bit of both sides, right? Like mm -hmm. there could be a truth in there because I know eventually we do like in the Star Trek canon, right? We eventually get to a World War III and it's mostly because okay. of ecological disaster. And then we eventually get to first contact day, right? Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the trajectory that we have now. But um, I don't know what Dr. Soong's like. Yeah. Like uh, influence would be on something like that. Yeah. Ashlyn, that's a fantastic question. I think like it, she is definitely playing to um, his ego. And I think this is something that really is so similar between Q and the Borg Queen. And I was noticing that throughout the episode is that Q uses people's weaknesses um, as sort of like fodder for like building their cause or like, you know, and I feel like Gerardi's doing the same thing with soon is she's building him up and using the exact words and knows exactly what he needs to hear. And it's this like special type of manipulation that is terrifying, but like very effective because it's easy to get people to do what you want. If you give them a shiny future where they're on top. And it's like Corey says, like, um, essentially like maybe it's you who doesn't exist without me and i love that she says that because like she really hit the nail on the head that like who 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 is a soon without his creations like this is the question that we have been asking all since tng you know and all the way through all the soon iterations and it's always this running thread and i also just think it's hilarious that these <laughs> genetics of soons just like keep keep making these crazy godlike figures <laughs> it's wild what is that historical family <laughs> trauma that has made yeah. these megalomaniacs <laughs> literally i don't understand <laughs> i um you know now that we've been talking about is the is essentially the end of the season what the beginning of the season was and and someone made a comment about how Girardi is sort of still in there, right? Like yeah. um, Chupi says, I think the queen is way discounting Girardi's presence and how it might affect her. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree. Totally. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think Girardi while is someone who probably suffers from, from being lonely and often not connecting with people and has obviously had some interpersonal and like some alcohol issues, you know, like there's mm -hmm. been a lot of stuff sort of piled on her. Yeah. I can't think, I don't think we can ever discount the intelligence of her. Um, and I have a feeling she's calculating her way, which makes me think the reason that that Borg queen, that is the Girardi Borg queen, essentially comes back and says, Picard, you have to save this from happening. Yes. And that's Ooh. why she calls Picard there because Girardi is still in there. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. I really love this idea. Like I'm like convinced yeah. this is true yeah. now. Like, <laughs> that's canon. That's like, <laughs> welcome to uh Mariah's crazy prediction corner, which is <laughs> not even crazy, just awesome. <laughs> I'm loving this. I mean, yeah. I felt the kinship, uh, like terrifying kinship between the Borg Queen and Girardi from the beginning. So this all, yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think my like my only sad thing is that like we don't get to see Alice as much as the Borg Queen because mm -hmm. she was so phenomenal and she mm -hmm. was actually at Mission Chicago. So I got to hear her talk about just like being the Borg Queen and it was just phenomenal to hear the different like 
ways in which she had to like make herself be this scary, terrifying creature. And like, she just nails it, you know? And so obviously I think Alison Pill is doing incredibly as Jurati slash board queen, but I'm a little sad that we don't get like the separateness of them because that was a really cool dynamic. Yeah. Michael L has an interesting question. Um, I'm trying to follow the Borg storyline. Borg queen's physical body had nanites, but then she died, um, but she was still avail- able to infect Girardi in some sort, but Girardi Borg <laughs> kind of a simple red beer guy. Why? So I think it's be- the, the sort of Trek talk that I think seven gave and y'all can correct me if you heard something different, but um, was that essentially she needs some of the, the metals like the lithium and stuff in order to generate more nano bites um, mm-hmm. in order to actually assimilate, which is why she's been eating car batteries. Yep and cell phone batteries <laughs> yeah like maybe she only had a little bit of juice left to do gerardi and then had to like recharge to maybe she tried i mean she clearly tried with the bearded guy <laughs> did not work yeah. yeah i think she used the ship's energy to get gerardi mm-hmm. and then that's why the ship was dead and then she did her thing to lock out the transporters and everything yeah yeah and i it'll be it'll be interesting to see because i saw like when she started infecting the little soldier dudes um Mm-hmm. They essentially, mm-hmm. it's like almost like the Borg skin, but no implants, right? So I was like, at yeah. least we get some like interesting new kind of Borg in this this thing if we're going to get another Borg storyline. <laughs> I yeah. was thinking it's the return of the nanoprobes. We're going to hear that word like a thousand oh, times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to bring Neelix back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Nanoprobes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Totally. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see what else has been going on in the chat. Uh, pod, how do you feel about the lack of tubes used to assimilate opposed to the new touch? So it looks like there's like tiny tubes that come out of her fingers when she does it. It's just not the big, like mechanical Mm -hmm. doc ox style (laughs) tubes going on. I liked it. I thought it was really streamlined and <laughs> you got, you got the point, you know, like you, when you see that green glow on her finger and she's looking at it so excitedly, that's all you need to know. And that's what I love about this, like show, not tell type of mm-hmm. like way mm-hmm. of doing the episode is if you've seen any Borg, you know, what's about to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the effects are so cool now that like they can do more of that sort sort of subtle stuff where and maybe when they were making Voyager, like they had to do actual like just, you know, plastic hey. tubes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Attached to like a vacuum. Oh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, I thought this is an interesting part of the Borg's Achilles heel. They need to assimilate as a primary mission, which is interesting because I bet they could get so much more done if they weren't just constantly seeking perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, True. Very true. Yeah. Which is something I, I feel like is an interesting comment on society as a whole. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, the Borg queen could like just take out like earth's like power grid if she wanted to in a couple hours, I feel like. So Mm -hmm. that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. When I think it also comes back to what Gerardi and the queen were talking about in these first couple episodes of the loneliness. And I think that is the Borg's main drive is perfection, but also that community that they're searching for, which is not the community that we want from our, you know, our lives, but it's, it's still that type of like assaging this, like, you know, crippling loneliness, which is crazy because I'm seeing more connections between Q and the Borg Queen. Like Guinan said she felt emptiness and fear from Q. And like, it's just sort of crazy to see these two very powerful beings kind of lost and lonely. I 
agree with you completely. I have something that I'm wondering. Um, I know we're getting close to the end. So I just want to ask, why do you think this episode is called Mercy? Mm. Mm. I was trying to think, is it about um, like the soon storyline um, and how Q gives her the cure so she can finally go free, which I don't even know, like, what are Q's motives? So I'm just I yeah. was trying to figure out, like, why is it called Mercy? I don't know. That is an interesting question. I was like, I, I wonder if there's anything in, um, so in the original series, there is the errand, errand of, of Mercy. mercy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're trying to thwart the invasion of the Klingon emp- empire. So perhaps it's like trying to stop the Borg empire. If Ooh, we're, if we're gonna I like that. I like stretch that. that. I, I, um, yeah, that's, that's really good. I like, um, I was also thinking too, it could be about that moment where she, where Drati takes control and stops strangling Rafi and how uh, oh. Seven said like the Borg never show mercy. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of like, this is Gerardi's, moment I guess in the episode is what they're highlighting for the title would be my guess Mm. I like that yeah I I like both of those yeah those are interesting I was also because we've had so much Greek mythology stuff I was just like doing a quick search if there's anything um Mm -hmm. there's Ilios and Elena was the personification mm-hmm. of mercy in, in Greek mythology, which is slightly close to Elnor. So totally we'll get Elnor yeah. back. I and we got know. our first Elnor flashback. I was so happy because he's also my son as much as Rafi is. <laughs> and I just am like obviously devastated at what's happening with him. But like I was really fascinated to see that flashback because I think like something that's really beautiful about Rafi, like she has she's very flawed and has a lot of like you know stuff that she's working through but I think that she so beautifully admits when she's wrong and she recognizes that in herself and that's like the first step to healing and I thought that that was just really cool when she was like you're totally right like I manipulated Elnor into staying in the Starfleet and it's it's also just the fear of being alone we come back to this again like she's she was you know feeling so worried about that loneliness and losing Elnor that she you know clung too tightly and um I just thought that was so interesting and just got to shout out Rafi always because Mm -hmm. she's just phenomenal, even when she's so flawed. Yeah. I'm also, I'm, I'm wondering if there's hopefully maybe something else to agent Wells into the future or how we're essentially going to have to reset so much of this time that they've been in because we have essentially broken all time travel rules multiple times in yes. this particular go. Because yeah. um, now he knows everything. Because so- someone mm-hmm. mentioned like Picard helped the agent Wells feel mercy, dot, dot, Ooh, dot. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Is, is, a, is another sort of like mercy tie-in. But mm-hmm. I think there's also something to the idea of like being merciful to yourself in a way with that whole like, being stuck in the past and Guinan sort of spouting how it's like a beautiful part of humanity is that we mm. have to revisit the past in order to learn for the future and like to evolve and make ourselves better is like the humanity that she wants us to be right I was totally. like I was like I don't know Guinan I don't know if I believe that's humanity <laughs> at this moment in time but no. <laughs> I appreciate that you see that <laughs> yeah I know I was kind of laughing at how much they've 
broken the temporal prime directive because it's Picard, you know, and I assume always that Picard is going to be so Starfleet buttoned up. But like, I think because everything's just sort of gone to hell that he's just taken the Janeway approach and like, we'll just do what we can and then deal with the time travel consequences later. I was thinking Janeway too. I was like, wow, Picard has just thrown it to the wind here. Like I, he would never have told Wells in TNG, you know? Well, and I keep, I just keep thinking about Carbon Creek, like that enterprise episode. And so I do wonder if that is, I think it's menstrual, right? Like maybe Mm -hmm. that's him and maybe Tamir is back. Like they, that was both of them. And they were like secretly studying earth. I, I don't know. Ugh, yeah. I hope it's something that is continuous like that. Like because otherwise, why? Reference. <laughs> yeah. Extremely niche references. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> well, do y'all have anything else you wanted to discuss about this episode? Let me just take a little look. Oh, I'm- I just want to do a shout out to John Delancey because I really thought that in this episode, I know, I think it was the most cute that we've had also the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was spectacular. He did such a fantastic job. Like his diction was emotive and you could tell like he was really hurting and really pissed at Guinan. Um, I mean, but not really at Guinan, you know, like at his situation. Yeah. And I just like, what a fantastic actor. I just, I love that whole scene. I just have to say one more time, like a treasure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think even his interactions with Corey and like that was really interesting. But I'm also like super concerned that that medicine's going to wear off like it did last time. And then she's just going to be like dying somewhere in the sun. And like, I'm just hoping that she finds the Picard crew soon and they'll be like, whoa, you look like Soji. And then they can like sort of, you know, take her into the fold. Because otherwise, like, how is she going to like if that wears off, she's dead. So like, it's kind of scary. But I'm hoping that like maybe this was a point to or like, you know, point it's some new version that was maybe wouldn't wear off. Yeah. And all I could think though is when she walked off without her sandals on was like, oof, that grass is gonna feel nice, but you're gonna want shoes to walk around Los Angeles. <laughs> There's a lot of glass in LA. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot. So unless she's just gonna like yeet herself into the ocean the minute that the medicine wears off and just like go out in a full blaze of like swimming glory. <laughs> yeah, <she's> like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm worried for her. Um, yeah, <laughs> that whole situation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, y'all, please check out the Dura Sisters podcast. They are talking about all kinds of fun things over there. Um, where can people find y'all on the internet? We are um, everywhere. We yeah. are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we have a shop on Threadless. Uh, we're on patreon.com slash sisters. Yeah, Rihanna <laughs> made that shirt. Picard <laughs> is my chadich. It's my favorite shirt. It's dirty. Otherwise, I would have worn it because yeah. I wear it like every day. Um, we are also on Tumblr and TikTok. Rihanna is our TikTok queen. Check us out on TikTok. You. you will not not be sad. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and as always, you can visit us at startrekpod.co to find links to where you can listen or watch uh, these episodes. Uh, join us for the live streams on Thursday nights. It's a super fun time. We love interacting with the chat. So please join us if you can. If not, thank you so much for listening to wherever you are listening to this. Uh, you can find find us on social media at star trek pod and um you can also visit patreon.com slash star trek pod to join us on patreon and in our slack as always a super pleasure 
Thank you all again so much. This has been wonderful and live long and prosper. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Prosper. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>